Now on Credit and Radio, we have another fantastic short story by local writer Pam Barnard. Welcome to another of my stories. Some of the events in my story are based on memories, but not all of it. I wonder if you've ever had figrole biscuits, as I, as a child, did. I thought they were an odd mixture, as is my story, set in the early 1950s. Fig Rolls Mr Kennett and Miss Innes lived on the corner of Watery Lane and the A34, with its car transporters thundering their way to Cowley. Joanne thought they led a boring life. Mr Kennett wore a dark striped suit when he wasn't gardening, and Miss Innes wafted about wearing lavender and speaking in a soft voice. Far more interesting were their neighbours, the Lines, a ramshackle family who kept dangerous animals, ferrets who would and did bite through jumper, liberty bodice and vest, leaving two red scars on an eight-year-old's chest. Joanne had to brave passing the ferret hutch every time she went to play in her grandmother's orchard, a half-acre of three fruit trees, a patch of lawn, and plants for floral arrangements. The path was common to the lines and to Mr Kennett, who walked grumpily up to his vegetable garden, where he'd smoke his pipe and dig. Ha! Call themselves gardeners? They don't know a carrot from a dock. Joanne would try to reply without upsetting a possible overhearer, as Mr Lyons was not only a volunteer fireman, but a prodigious shouter at each member of his family, and possibly passers-by. Hmm, seemed safest. One day, sliding quickly past the hutch of ferocity, Joanne met Miss Innes wandering up the path towards Mr Kennett's vegetable garden. I'm just going to call Mr Kennett for his cup of tea. Would you like to join us, dear? Totally confused by this unexpected invitation, and drilled not to be rude to grown-ups, Joanne accompanied Miss Innes up the path, walking on the tufty grass edges, while Miss Innes glided along the flat, worn earth. Tea, Mr Kennett? He turned and knocked his pipe out against the fence, and stabbed his fork into the soil. The line of three walked back to the corner house, where the child and the man removed their boots. Their scullery was dark, the hallway was dim, but the living room had two bright bay windows, swathed with patterned nets and framed with crimson velvet curtains. Do sit down, dear, whispered Miss Innes. Mr Kennett came in smelling of coal tar soap and sat in the large wing chair opposite Joanne, perched on a little button back.
Miss Annis brought in a cloth-covered tray with a full set of cups, saucers, teapot, sugar bowl and slop bowl. There were little plates and some curious biscuits looking like brown church kneelers. Do you like fig rolls? They're Mr. Kennett's favourites. Joanne had never even heard of them, but she nodded politely. Fig rolls were the most unbiscuity biscuits she'd ever tasted. Crusty, seedy, and strangely sweet in the middle. She much preferred wagon wheels. What are they teaching you at school then? Mr. Kennett asked abruptly in his raspy voice. Oh, we've just finished doing heraldic shields, and I know how to describe them. Jewels, azure, chevron, lion rampant. <laughs> what use is that? he demanded. Joan hadn't thought that lessons had to be useful. She enjoyed exotic morsels of new knowledge from ex-servicemen teachers, such as the unlikely fact that string vests kept you warm when you were mountaineering. Trying to retrieve an equable atmosphere, she offered, Well, we did the seven times table last week, and I came top in general knowledge. A long silence followed, while Mr. Kennett looked dubious and fiddled with his pipe. Then Miss Innes gently said, I think your grandmother will wonder where you've got to, don't you? Joanne stood up, said, Thank you very much for a nice tea, and left as quickly as she could. Five years later, sitting with Mavis Sutton, in the old hayloft above the stores of sand and cement, Joanne listened to versions of grown-up sex that sounded highly unlikely to her. Then Mavis suddenly asked, Do you know about that ancient bloke who's a lodger with the old bat down the lane? No, I don't think so. Don't be daft. Of course you do. Them two as lives on the corner. Oh, you mean Mr. Kennett and Miss Innes? Yeah, that's what I said. Well, me Auntie Nancy cleans at the hospital. Sometimes it was hard to resist putting Mavis's logic right, but then she wasn't at the grammar school. Do you know what I heard her say to me mum? Joanne shook her head and leaned forward as Mavis's voice dropped and slowed down. The old bloke had a stroke or something. He was in a bad way. So they took him to the men's ward. You know, the one that looks out across the river. Joanne did know, because when you were walking on the other bank, you caught glimpses of pyjamaed figures smoking pipes at the corner of the veranda. Well, anyway... The nurses started getting him ready to put in the bed, taking his suit off and stuff, when he sort of came round, and he started shouting at them and trying to clock them one. Well, he can be a bit fierce sometimes, agreed Joanne. 
especially when he's out of his element, a phrase she'd newly learnt in English idioms and sayings. Out of his element be blowed, out of his suit you made. Joanne couldn't even get the drift of what Mavis was on about. They had to call one of the porters and a doctor and cart him into a side ward still shouting, me auntie said. Anyway, next day she goes to the men's ward with her mop and bucket like, looks round, no Mr Kennett, peeps into the side ward, no Mr Kennett. Joanne thought Mavis was making a meal out of a common event. Someone has a turn, they spend a night in the cottage hospital and go home again. Is that it? Joanne queried. No, it's blooming not! When Auntie Nancy got to the women's ward, there was the corner bed with curtains round it and the rest of the women all quiet in their beds. And do you know why? No, of course I don't. Joanne refused to cooperate with Mavis's storytelling ploys. Mavis drew a noisy, deep breath. Well, it's because Mr Kennett isn't a man. He's a woman. There, what do you think of that? Funny, eh? I mean, after all, men are men and women are women. They've got a different kit, haven't they? Joanne made no response. She tried to rearrange her memories, impressions and certainties. Despite his grumpiness, she quite liked Mr Kennett, and as for Miss Innes, she wouldn't harm a fly. But how would they live their contained life with the gossip already circulating? As usual, her grandmother said nothing, but she must have heard and Joanne couldn't write a letter sharing the mystery with her parents a hundred miles up north. So Joanne got on with her Latin homework and its three genders, male, female and neuter. She played tennis, singles, doubles, girls and mixed, and read comfortingly of little women, good wives and Joe's boys. Sometimes she sneakily glanced at the teenage sex manual, he and she, as it was passed round the class during wet breaks. A month later, she went round the corner to her aunt and uncle's cottage. As she passed Miss Innes's house, she noticed the nets had gone, as had the velvet curtains. What happened at Miss Innes's? she asked her aunt. Oh, she's gone to her sister's. And Mr. Kennett, where's he living? Didn't you know? No, clearly you didn't. He died in hospital a couple of weeks ago. There were many information gaps in Joanne's life. She kept trying to fill them with carefully phrased questions and usually got the sort of reply that was intended to finish the matter. But she went on thinking about Mr. Kennett and Miss Innes, and when she did, she couldn't help remembering the sweet seediness of fig rolls. Mm -hmm.